You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're towards the end of the first chapter of Eruvin. We're going to close the first chapter today. And in fact, today at the close, we're going to mention the word Eruv for the first time in the Mishnah. But we're going to begin with people camping in the desert. Um, look, I've the Mishnah talks about a caravan in the desert. And I, I couldn't find any pictures of caravans. But I just wanted you to be able to imagine what a caravan in the desert might look like. And here are a set of camper vans. And they're camped, they're parked around more or less in a circle. More or less in a circle, a half circle. But you could imagine that if we had a few more camper vans or other kinds of gear, I mean, they got all kinds of stuff there. They got chairs and tables and things. If we had other things there in the desert, we could build a circular ring around the whole of our camp. And that's the topic of the, um, that's the topic of, of the Mishnah as it begins. Um, hang on. Shara shechanta v'vika v'hikifuha b'chlev hema. A caravan has camped in a valley. This valley is a caramelite, by the way. This is the first time we've talked about a caramelite. We've talked about private and public, and we don't carry from the private to the public. Actually, in the Mishnah of Shabbat, we've learned that there's a fourth zone, there's a free zone that's uh, more than, I think, more than 10 amot over the ground. But a caramelite is a space that is neither public nor private. Um, you know, while it's something that nobody owns, for a space to be public, it has to have people walking through it. But this valley is a wild valley. Nothing is there. It's neither public nor private. It's just a valley. It's a caramelite. And carrying it is, is forbidden. Durabanan, I think Duraita, it's probably... It's probably permitted. I think derite writing is permitted, but the rabbis forbid it because they want to make a tikkun. So this caravan has camped in the valley and they've surrounded it with cattle gear. And the halacha is they can carry within it, providing it's surrounded by this gear. Only if the fence has to be 10 hand, hands breadths high. So we're learning effectively the minimum height for a fence. It's 10 hands breadths. And the gaps don't exist, don't exceed the built parts. So in other words, the gaps, you can see the gaps between the cars and the camper vans and the furniture. The and of course, the built parts are the stuff, the furniture and the vans. The, the stuff has to be, the gaps must not exceed the stuff. And by the way, even if the gaps don't exceed the stuff, any gap which is 10 cubits um, wide is permitted. That is less than 10 cubits. So in other words, more than 10 cubits is not permitted because it's like an entrance greater than that is forbidden now 
what if we what if we don't have so and so this is a fixed partition around the camp and there are the the stuff in the partition is in the majority and the gaps are in the minority yeah the gaps are the minority now let's look at another kind of partition where actually the gaps are in the majority let's think about this string actually if you look through <laughs> looking through this fence there's more gap than their string much more gap than their string now the height overall is about 10 to fachem. It's about the right height for a partition. But there's definitely more gap than there is partition, absolutely, between the strings. However, the individual strings are pretty close to one another. And because the individual strings are close, the rabbis are going to let us get away with it. They're going to let us consider the gaps between the strings, which are less than um, three to fachem, less than three hands breadths, they're going to let us consider the gaps between the strings as closed up. Essentially, once something gets reasonably close, we don't care about the gap. About the gap at all. Let's have a look at the Mishnah. Makifin They surround it with three ropes. Those are the three ropes in our in our picture here. One above this and one above this. There are three ropes stacked one above each other. Tied to post order, whatever. Maybe they're tied to the, the camper vans. Providing there's no more than three hands breadths from rope to, well, from a rope to its fellow, literally, from rope to rope. So as long as there's less than three hands breadths from rope to rope, we just consider that as a whole joined up piece of, a massive piece of rope, a massive horizontal piece, a massive sort of thin piece of rope the size and the thickness of the ropes it's got to be more than one hand's breadth so that when you add up the thickness of the ropes and you can see by the way these are pretty thick ropes in this in this this picture could have been made by the way it comes from a sales catalog but it could have been made to illustrate this mishnah the thickness has to be more than one tefach because the whole thing has to add to ten tefachim. Remember, we've said the height for a partition is ten tefachim. So if we've got three ropes and three gaps between them, one of the course gap starts at the ground, and the three gaps are three tefachim, well, that's only nine. That's not enough. But the Mishnah is telling us, look, if the ropes themselves contribute an extra tefach, if the three ropes add up to a hand's breadth, which is not that difficult if you think about how thick these ropes are. If the ropes add up to an extra hand's breadth, then you've got nine plus one or we've got nine plus one. And we've got a, we've got a proper partition. We've got ten tefachim. We're gonna, we can carry in this camp. We can play the same way, by the way, for vertical uh, vertical panels. Here, we've got horizontal horizontal strings. Look, this picture here has got vertical panels, and they have gaps between them too. And that's the next case the Mishnah is going to look at. 
Mekifin, Bekanim, they surround it with rods or with reeds, with vertical things. Ubilvad, Shehei Bein Kanelach Averosh Loshat Fachim, as long as there's less than three hands breadths between one rod and the next. So these gaps actually are rather small gaps, but they could be, they could be a lot fatter. <laughs> they could be a lot fatter, according to the Mishnah. You could almost have one of those, um, you know, white wooden fences with um, three tfachim between the posts. Now, does that work just for caravans? But Rabbi Yudah says the rabbis only talked about a caravan. And I think the Gemara says you have to have three people to be a caravan. But hang on. What if you are camping on your own out in the desert? And you're going to need to carry, you're going to need to carry just from, you know, from your tent to your cooking stove. You may need to carry anything around the camp. You need to carry, from, you may need to carry from your car to your cooking stove. Can you do that if you're not a caravan? Not according to Rabbi Huda. But, they only spoke about a caravan because it's a present occurrence. Literally because it exists in the present. So they they, would, they gave a specific example. We've seen this language, by the way, in the tractate of uh, of Shabbat. They give a, a current example, but that doesn't mean that they forbid all other examples. And the halakha, by the way, does not go to according to Rabbi Yehuda, as you might expect. And even a single person camping in the desert can take advantage of this sort of halakha. Now, Rabbi Yehuda goes on, by the way. Any partition that doesn't have warp and weft. And he seems to be talking here about verticals and horizontals. In, look, in, in this partition here, we've got verticals and horizontals. But you could build one of these with only verticals if you wanted to. And Rabbi Yudas says, Kol shel 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 erev. It's not a mechitza. Oh, sorry. This is not Rabbi Yudah. Divrei Rabbi Yossi. Bar Rabbi Yudah. This is Rabbi Yudah's son, Rabbi Yossi. V'chachamim omrim echad mishnei devarim. You can... It, it, it's all the same whether you make it out of verticals or whether you make it out of horizontals. Arba'ad varim patur And now we're going to learn. Arba'ad varim patur mibamachane. There are four things which are exempt in a camp. And the Mishnah is, I'm sorry, I should have broken up the Hebrew. I broke up the English. There are four obligations which are exempt in a camp. You can take wood from anywhere. You can bring uh, you don't have to wash hands before bread. You don't have to take turuma before you eat food which is doubtfully tithed. And you don't have to make an eruv. I think this is very significant because this is the end of the first chapter of the Mishnah. And we have just mentioned the word Eruv. We haven't discussed yet what the Eruv is and how you make the Eruv. That will come in chapter three. It's a whole chapter to go before we go that before we enter on how you make an Eruv. But it's very interesting that the, the Mishnah, the last Mishnah in a chapter is always very significant. And it's very interesting that the last Mishnah in the first parak actually mentions the word Eruv. Now, this last Mishnah must be puzzling to us because, hang on, we said, we, we've been talking about how you can make a, a partition around a camp so you can carry in it on Shabbat. 
But we haven't mentioned any of these things like taking wood or washing hands or not taking um, uh, not taking tithes from Demai or even setting up an Eruv. What is the Mishnah talking about? And this Mishnah actually is incomprehensible unless you have Gemara. And I, I brought you the um, the Gemara from Eruvin. Tanu Rabbanan Machanehayotzet Lemilchama Harushut. A camp that goes out to a voluntary war. We're talking about a. We've suddenly changed subject here. We're talking about a war camp. The editor has brought in, if you like, some Mishnaic material. I mean, Rabbi Yudah Nasi is the editor. He's brought in at the end of our first chapter some saying from a completely different space. Maybe because it had the word Eruv, actually. Possibly. 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 Maybe because it's got the word Machane. Anyway, the Gemara says, a, a, a camp that goes out to an optional war, it's permitted to steal dry wood. Mutarim begezel et simu veshim. And uh, Rabbi Yudav Batera says, um, they can camp in any location. Where if someone dies there, they're buried there. I.e. that essentially the owner of the land effectively gives up ownership of it for a grave. Um, and the Rambam explains this might be a camp for a voluntary war and certainly for a milchemet mitzvah, for an for a obligatory war. And uh, he says that anu uh, mekilin alehem were lenient on them. Lefisha hem mitaskim b'chavush artzot they're occupied with subduing the enemy's land. He seems to be saying effectively that a soldier on duty is exempt from certain obligations. Um, somehow they can forage for wood anywhere. They don't have to wash hands before bread, although the Gemara will explain that they do, and the, and the Rambam confirms, they do have to wash hands after eating. Because the there's anxiety about a health issue, touching salt on the table, which might be bad for their eyes if they then touch their eyes. And then they're exempt from demai and they don't have to make an error. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.